0: You have your meat ready to grill. You have the ribs rubbed down and ready to go. Is your grill ready? Is it going to fire off? We'll talk about that when we come back.
1: Welcome to the Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way, where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hello, everyone. Happy holidays. This weekend, we're going to be celebrating Independence Day in America, when we got our independence from the king of England across the pond, and we are celebrating America's birthday. So we are glad that you're with us. Mark's with us here in the studio. Hi, Mark. Hello. So we're going to be talking about one of the most popular things that Americans are going to be doing this weekend.
0: Well, you know, it is the number one barbecue weekend of the year.
1: You know, I believe that's true. Not only are people barbecuing at home, they're going to barbecues Restaurants and they're Mm -hmm. also going to a lot of barbecue cook offs that are taking place as well. So, a lot of queue happening all over America.
0: Yeah, a friend of mine used to sell barbecued butts or smoked butts, and they I've forgotten they would do 50 or 60 for this small town each weekend, but they doubled or multiplied that two and a half times for July the 4th. Exactly, and they would sell out every time.
1: Pretty awesome.
0: Are you ready to eat some barbecue?
1: I'm ready.
0: How about some ribs?
1: I love ribs.
0: Yes, you do. Maybe a Boston butt. Boston butt's good. Definitely do some of your special baked beans. I love
1: baked beans.
0: Oh, and the ones you do are so good.
1: Mm, I might have to put my recipe down yes, in the she website. Yes, you might
0: have to post that for you folks one of these days. And she makes a pretty good potato salad, and I imagine we're going to be having some of that during the day. Mm-hmm. And maybe even some watermelon in the afternoon.
1: Well, I don't know. Have you seen the price of watermelon lately? Well, good point. It's prohibitive. Good point. <laughs> we might need, you know what? I'll tell you what. You cannot beat a South Carolina watermelon. Mm-hmm. I mean, the South has their favorite peaches and lemons and grapefruit. But when it comes to watermelon, man, you cannot beat a South Carolina gold bottom elongated, black-seed, southern patch-raised watermelon. You know, I borrowed
0: all that money so that we could fill up our gas tank. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Maybe we can use a little bit of that to buy a watermelon.
1: Well, we might have to do that. We might have to get us a South Carolina watermelon. Or I wonder if they've
0: got financing on those watermelons now.
1: (laughs) But, you know, before we jump into this, we need to talk about our sponsors.
0: We do. Who you got up first?
1: I think we've got ProLine Digital Group.
0: ProLine Digital Group, good guys. They maintain our website. They built our website. They do web hosting. They can build apps. And they've got this thing I'm really excited about. And if I was doing a type of business that could use this, I would absolutely be using their digital lead program. And it is great for small business, for mechanics, for lawn care, For any type of small service business, something that people is going to be searching for that service, and they are able to provide you those leads. So give them a call and let them know that you heard about them here. And they are linked off of our website, so you can get to them very easily. How about Jim Curtis Knives?
1: Oh, Jim Curtis Knives. You know, Jim makes handcrafted works of art, but they're functional. He makes a knife that he intends to be used. I know you've got two of them that I've given to you And I'm looking at one right now And I know that you use them And you love them And you're very proud of them And Jim Curtis does make a beautiful knife You know, he'll handcraft a blade And a handle to your specifications Mm -hmm. There's so many choices And variations out there Or you can also select from some That he already has built and ready to go You can find Jim Curtis knives On his Facebook page He often posts a lot of pictures and photographs You can message him privately And you can uh, work a deal with him He guarantees the blade for a lifetime He'll give you a lifetime's worth of sharpening And two band-aids will come in your Jim Curtis knife package So if you want heirloom quality But very highly functional, well-crafted knives You look up Jim Curtis knives You will not be sorry
0: No, you won't And he uses good band-aids, too I've used both <laughs> of mine And plus a few mm-hmm. And uh, they did. Do- stick very well. We've got uh, Clean Start has come on as a relatively new sponsor, and they produce a solution that is an alcohol-free hand sanitizer and an antiseptic. And I carry a bottle of it in my, my pocket every day. I carry a small bottle with a foam pump applicator on it, and I'll use that stuff six or eight times in a day.
1: It's very yeah. clean on your hands. It, it is dries quickly. You don't have any of that sticky residue feeling.
0: Exactly. And you can use it as an antiseptic. Now, from a prepper standpoint, it's great because one, you're carrying one solution for two situations. Mm-hmm. Number two, it comes is it is a 40X concentrate. One. 3.2-ounce bottle makes a gallon, and a gallon lasts a good while. Oh, uh,
1: certainly a long while.
0: So if you're looking at storing hand sanitizer, antiseptic, it's a whole lot easier to be storing 3.5-ounce bottles than it is bigger containers of hand solution and containers of antiseptic. I
1: like that it's alcohol-free, too. That means when you have a cut... A burn or a scrape, you're not going to get that bad sting,, mm-hmm. and so that'll want you to clean that wound even better
0: and they are offering to our listeners a twenty five percent discount if you use the link on the website, so go take a look at that, and it comes a nice starter kit and has the foam pump bottles and mixing jug and everything that you need in there, so go take a look at that. And uh, use our website, and it's good with a 25% discount. Now, we also have the base handgun training system.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Sean Rafferty designed this, and it's a great system, especially if you've never had formal handgun training. It goes through and it teaches you the very basics of the things that you need to know, and it's more than just point the gun and pull the trigger. And he talks about safety and and a lot of things in there. It's a great system if you've not been in a formal class. And Sean is also offering to our listeners his prepared citizen course at absolutely no cost. So you go to our website and go to friends and affiliates and click on that and it will come to you absolutely free. Now, it looks like you're checking out, okay? But it ends up with $0 on the the cost. Right. So don't let it throw you off there. But I think he's offering a $50 discount off of the base handgun system. So go check that out. All right, let's get back and talk about eating. I like eating.
1: Well, let me ask you this question. Have you ever gone out to light a grill and it wasn't ready to use? Yes. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Both in the charcoal area and in the gas area. Got everything ready to start cooking and the grill cannot be fired up.
0: Yeah, either it can't be fired up or it's going to take me an hour to get it cleaned up because I didn't clean it
1: last time. Right, because over time, grease and carbon And food debris, all of that kind of stuff can build up. It can rust out on your grate on your grill. Do you really want to put your food on that nasty metal? No.
0: Not mine. No. So let's
1: talk about some cleaning, proper cleaning of the grill to prepare for the big grilling weekend.
0: Yeah, and this is something that we need to be doing when we do our grill. Now, we don't have to do the extent of what we're going to talk about today today. Every time we use the grill, but the grate does need to be properly cleaned each time. Now, if we go through and we do this cleaning that we're talking about here, it makes the grill safer. It also cuts down on excess smoke. You don't have all that stuff left over from last time and the grease hanging under the grate rods or whatever, you know, the grill marks and it's always got that hanging down on it (laughs) and it, yuck. (laughs) Another thing about proper cleaning is it makes the food taste better.
1: Well, I mean, it just is. It's just good proper maintenance for the grill and safety concern and better tasting. And
0: you're not eating the stuff that was left on the grill from two months ago.
1: Exactly. So, you know, you need to start with the grate itself. Mm -hmm. The grate should be cleaned. I'll tell you, the best time to clean the grate is after you're through cooking and you're done with all of that and while it's still hot. Mm-hmm. Because it just serves you better. It is a lot easier. I've actually seen people take tongs and a like wet paper towels and they'll start mm-hmm. in, you know, immediately kind of what I call rough cleaning to get to a deeper cleaning later.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about cleaning this thing pretty good. But if you've got a stainless steel or a cast iron grate, you can use a wire brush. Now, if you've got porcelain covered or ceramic, then you need to use a nylon grill brush. You don't need to be using that steel wire brush to clean the porcelain or to clean the ceramic. Right,
1: because it'll just pull the coating off. And just a word of warning, when you're using a wire brush, if that's what you have, make sure that you thoroughly and completely clean after you use the wire, small little fragments of metal have been known to chip off, mm-hmm. and so you want to make sure that you maybe go back over with a wet paper towel, upper and lower, to make sure there's no little metal filings there.
0: Yeah, we're, we're going to do that, and uh, we're going to do a couple of other things there. But if you have porcelain or ceramic or some other type other than stainless steel or cast iron, check your manufacturer recommendation for the type of brush that you need to be using. And while you have this thing, check it for rust. You know, dampness can cause rust to build up. And what we can do, and this is kind of like what you were talking about a while ago, is to put it on high for 10 or 15 minutes to burn off those food particles and the build up of the grease. Now, I like doing this at when you get through grilling, just turn that thing up on high and let it run for 10 or 15 minutes and burn that stuff off. And then turn it off and let it start cooling down because we don't want it to be red hot when we're mm-hmm. trying to clean this thing. Oh, sure. Then apply a liberal amount of elbow grease and wire brush.
1: To That's it. funny you should say elbow grease. Yeah. Do you realize that we have young listeners that have never heard that term? Hmm. They do not know what elbow grease means.
0: That means that you're working your arm. <laughs>
1: Put your hands into it, put your arm yeah, into you're it.
0: You're working that brush hard using your arms. <laughs> yes, so. yes. But um, you, you can do that. And you can use a grill scraper mm-hmm. or you can even use wadded up
1: tinfoil. Yeah, that's a great idea. Or
0: aluminum foil. Sure. Um, but what we're after is that carbon buildup.
1: Yeah, you can also soak the grate in some soapy water for like a half an hour or so to maybe loosen up some of those things. I've even heard of where people will take the grate and carry it out into a safe, uninhabited area of the yard and spray it with oven cleaner Mm -hmm. and lay it in the grass overnight and just rinse it in the morning.
0: We're going to talk about using some oven cleaner Mm -hmm. here in just a little bit. If you put this thing in soapy water to soak, this is where you can just leave it there soaking and you can go on and start the next things that you need to be doing. And this is where we begin our inspection and the cleaning of the various parts. And that inspection is what makes it safe. We want to make sure it is safe. And what we're looking for is holes or cracks or holes that aren't supposed to be there or cracks, or soft spots, and what you're looking at here is the manifold. Now, that's the pipe that holds the valves.
1: You're talking about a gas grill I'm talking
0: about a gas grill. Now, when it comes to charcoal grill, really all you're doing is you're looking at cleaning that grate. Mm -hmm. That's really what you're doing, and once it completely cools down, let it sit a day or so so that you're certain those coals are dead and then dump them out and sweep out the, mm-hmm. the thing. But now we're talking gas grill because that does seem to be the most popular, although I'm not sure it is the best. I, I still kind of like that old charcoal grill taste. Mm-hmm. I really do. But for convenience, we've got that grill, that gas grill. And what you had mentioned a while ago is it is a great backup cooking device.
1: Oh, yes. I mean, from a practical prepping standpoint, that is one of our alternative. I don't have a stove in my house to use now. What will I cook on? And I've got a grill. I can slow cook on the grill. I can bake. I can fry. I can, you know, just roast (laughs) whatever I need to do. It's a heat source for cooking.
0: And we did an uh, episode a while back on how you could uh, bake and how you could use a dutch oven in there so some of you might want to go back and find that one i had no idea that you could bake in a in a grill but you explained it and i understand it now Mm -hmm. so you can pull that manifold out and you can clean that with degreaser it can get a lot of drippings on it and so you can do that now below that is the heat shield and there'll be one of two kinds in there, depending on the grill. It'll be a single metal deflector, or you will have a deflector over each of the burners. If you've got three or four burners, you may have three or four on there. If you've just got mm-hmm. a couple, you may only have one. Right. Now, grease drips on the heat shield and it burns. And it burns to where it just leaves gunk.
1: Right. It actually almost calcifies Mm -hmm. in a sense. Vulcanizes.
0: So you can use degreaser and a brush or steel wool. And, you know, if you're using enough degreaser and enough steel wool or a brush, you're going to wind up with that kind of sludge Mm -hmm. when you're through. Right. Wipe that off with a cloth or with paper towels and just make that clean. Now, you want to look at this thing and see if it's rusty or if it's warped if it's warped it may not distribute evenly and you'll have hot spots on your grill cold spots on your grill and so your cook, your food will cook unevenly it also if it's warped it will allow grease to drip onto the burners
1: yeah and that'll cause a flare up you yeah. know a flame up or a smoke up or just a You know, that can ruin your food. Mm -hmm.
0: And this is usually the first piece of the grill that needs replacement. And and you can buy replacements for them.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: All right, let's get down to where the heat's made.
1: The burners.
0: The burners.
1: Yes. If it's easy for you to be able to remove them, do so for cleaning purposes. You may have to look to see if there's any type of screws that need loosening or a cotter pin type of attachment.
0: Yeah, some of these can be boogers to get out. Yeah. They they really can. Mm -hmm. And what happens is the screws that you mentioned rust up and they freeze. Yeah. And they're so hard to get out. Now, if you can get them out and you can clean the inside of the burners with a Venturi brush. And that gets out the spider webs and the cobwebs and the dirt daubers and, you know, whatever else might be setting up home in there. Oh, my. When you look at this thing, you'll see all the little holes where the gas comes out.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: You need to brush across that. That's called the ports. You need to brush across that to remove the grease and the debris. Oh, okay. Now, once in a while, you will have those clogged up. Sometimes you're brushing we'll push some of that into those holes.
1: Oh,
0: So how are you going to open the holes?
1: You could use a paper clip that you twist open. You've got a little wire end there, or if you've got some sort of a rigid wire piece that you could ram down through there. Mm
0: -hmm. You can even use a small drill bit.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. One that's
0: very small, and that's really rigid, and you can push it down through there.
1: Okay.
0: Now, some of the grills have some unusual burners in them, uh, such as ceramic
1: right and, and sometimes and, some of them have the infrareds and yes ceramic
0: and so check the manufacturer's recommendation for cleaning those exactly J- just do, do yeah. that
1: yes please do don't use a water hose to wash these out why is that
0: well it leaves moisture in there that can lead to rust
1: well that's true it kind of defeats the purpose mm-hmm. right so use a shop vac maybe an air hose or a brush as benching. Can you like hook up a one of those air compressor things and yeah, kind that, of blow it that way?
0: That's what we mean by air hose. There you go. Yeah, you can just blow that thing out and you can blow it from both ends. Okay. You, you can blow out those holes sometimes nice. if, if you got enough pressure and not have to poke each one with the, the drill bit or the yeah. paper clips. I like so. that
1: idea. That sounds like a time saver.
0: Yeah, kind of fun too. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's get down to the bottom of the grill or the firebox.
1: Right. If you're using lava rocks or those ceramic briquettes, you need to remove those so that you can brush off the ceramic. Don't really brush the lava rocks. They're already kind of textury and a bit brittle, Mm -hmm. and you don't want to break them. So just kind of handle them carefully, but those can be just left Craggy, because that's the way they're made. And then
0: once you take them out, you can vacuum or brush the debris out that's left in the bottom of that firebox. And then this is, again, where you spray your degreaser in there and let it soak. Okay. And it's also a place that you can use that oven cleaner. And you can use the oven cleaner on the inside of the lid as well. Okay. So you can just do pretty much the entire inside of the grill you've already taken some of the other things out. You've taken your rocks or your briquettes out. And so you put that degreaser in there and let it soak. Now, if you do use the oven cleaner, be sure you're wearing gloves. That stuff is not made for human contact.
1: Yeah, you don't want to get that. Don't get close to it with your face either.
0: It's very caustic. So use some gloves with that or use just a good degreaser and use a scrub brush or a scraper and scrape all of that gunk out and then wipe it out with a cloth or paper towels.
1: Okay. Next up is the drip tray. In my grill, it's like a little rectangular catch box. Mm -hmm. And it is designed to have all the excess uh, oils, fats, and grease, you know, drip down into there. And what I've done, I'll actually, when I'm using the grill, I will line that with aluminum foil so that when it's done, I can just ball up that foil with all the grease in there and just toss it just the way it is
0: had not thought of that
1: yeah yeah hadn't
0: thought of that so that would kind of mean you don't have to do what i'm talking about here as much and that's remove and wash the tray with soap and water
1: well you know eventually
0: you'll have to but eventually you'll have you're to. cutting down the frequency of having uh-huh. to do it exactly now a place that you get a lot of gunk and don't realize it from time to time is behind and around the control knobs.
1: Yes, they can catch a lot of fibers and filament and lint and dirt just, you know, just being out there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you want to clean the knobs. And if you can pop them off and clean them, that's mm-hmm. good. And then pop them back on.
0: And then while you've got them off, shoot a little WD-40 on those valves. Those okay. control knobs go onto the control shaft of that valve so shoot a little bit there in that round circular crack around the knob Mm -hmm. and just to keep them a little bit freer and to keep them from freezing up so take care of those control knobs now this next one is the igniter yes there's several types of these some of them have batteries in them Mm mm-hmm And if you have one that has an inch or an inch and a quarter push button igniter, see if you can raise that thing up. See if you can pull it up and see if there's not a battery under there. Ah. A lot of times when the igniter goes out.
1: It's just the battery. It's the
0: battery's gone down.
1: Oh, is that right?
0: Now, the second kind is the piezo or piezo lighters. And usually this one's about a half-inch, round, tall, red push button.
1: That's what we have on ours. That's what we have on ours. Mm -hmm.
0: And when you push it, it generates the spark.
1: Yeah, it actually does like a little click, click, click sound.
0: And it does it without a battery. Some have what looks like a small tube near the burner. And that's part of the igniter because the, the spark has to be very close to that gas to be able to, to ignite it. Yeah. And I have taken that particular portion and brush it lightly with the brush, or I've even taken fine sandpaper and made sure that clip, that tip was open on that igniter so that we could get a good spark there. But you want to make sure that it sparks, get that clean, and then test it to make sure it sparks. And if not, you can do what we do, and that's use our fire stick, because our igniter went out several years ago.
1: Oh, yes. And so we still use the grill, but we don't bother with the igniter.
0: No, we've got a fire stick laying out there anyway. Now, some grills, you'll have to remove one of the grates to be able to get under there, because... You may not be able to get that fire stick all the way down in there. Mm -hmm. If we light it with anything besides that uh, fire stick, we have to move one of the grates to get a match down in there. And then if you do it with a match, you wind up with no hair on your hand and things like
1: that. So (laughs) be be
0: really, really careful with that. Okay. Do we have it clean enough for you?
1: Well, I think so. I believe we can reassemble now.
0: All right. Now, when we start putting it back together, this is where you want to inspect each part as you go, because now you have it clean and you can handle it a little better and look Mm -hmm. at it a little bit better. And you're double checking for rust and for damage and for cracks or holes in it.
1: If you have a cast iron style of grate, you may want to re-season it for this uh, time to use for the grill. You know, cover it with some cooking oil and wrap it in aluminum foil place it inside the grill, and run it on high for about 15 minutes. It burns off any of the degreaser, and it um, helps to re-season that cast iron. Let it cool, unwrap the grate, and then put it back in place, and then your cast iron grill will be ready.
0: Yeah, and burning off that degreaser helps to make your food taste better as well.
1: Yeah, you don't want to taste degreaser, that's true. (laughs) It's
0: kind of like Jim... Curtis says when you're sharpening a knife, instead of using sharpening oil, honing oil, rim oil, something like that, he said if you'll use vegetable oil, your apple will taste a lot
1: better. That's true.
0: (laughs) I have found that to be true. All right, now we're ready to cook some meat. You want to talk a little bit about your cooking on a grill.
1: Yes, uh, I've given some thought to this over the years, and I have learned from so many more experienced and wiser cooks who have really guided me along the way, and I kind of have it down to this. The only meat that I'm going to put onto my grill that is absolutely raw is, you know, hamburger patties or hot dogs or a steak, if it's, you know, a reasonable size steak. Other than that, if it's pork, like pork chops or uh, ribs or Boston butter, if it's poultry, if it's chicken or turkey or something like that, I have learned to do a little bit of pre-cooking inside my stove, my oven here in the house. I like to pre-cook some items kind of low and slow, and that assures me that when I finish these meats on the grill, that we're going to be done all the way through. There's a big, big risk, especially with poultry. When you put raw chicken on a grill, what happens is raw chicken is just so hard to get done thoroughly through and through. And if you have it raw on the grill, you're going to have burned outside and raw pink inside. Neither one of those things is delicious and it can be very unsafe. So my advice to you is to give some thought and planning to your fare that you are putting onto the grill. I like to finish off any kind of barbecue meat. I don't sauce it up with barbecue sauce. I will do ribs in the oven with a dry rub let them cook really well for three or four hours. Then I might finish them on the grill to get grill marks. And that's when I put the barbecue sauce on because barbecue sauce contains a lot of sugar. And if you try to overcook barbecue sauce, it'll turn black and your meat will not develop that good flavor. And you've basically just overcooked your sauce. and Nobody wants the taste of that. It's very bitter. So save putting the barbecue sauce on until about the last, say, five minutes of cooking. And that way, it still has a nice taste to it, and it has not burned, and it's not bitter. And your, your the meat that you have prepared is cooked all the way through. Now you've got those nice high-sear uh, grill marks, and it's real tasty. There's another little technique that I like to use with steak particularly. It's called reverse sear. It's a restaurant technique. I like to slowly cook the steak maybe at 300 degrees for maybe 40 minutes or so in the oven in the house, just low and slow, let it ease up into being done. Not, not quick, fast cooking, but lower and slower heat. And then take it out after about 40 minutes, let it rest for a few minutes. Then I would rev up my grill on really, really high and I will sear the meat after it's actually already done on the inside. So you're just basically searing the outside of a done steak, and they call that reverse sear. Instead of searing first, you're searing last. And that's a very popular technique as well to preserve the quality of the juiciness of the meat and the doneness of the meat and also have that nice grill uh, type of marks on it. You also want to learn how to do cooking on a grill when you move the meat from one side to the other, you may have your, I've got three burners, like, you know, left, center, and right. And if I want to cook something for a long time, I may move it way over to the right side of the grill and turn the right burner off. But I may leave the center and the left one on. That way the food is cooking, but it's not burning directly. It's getting the heat from the other burners, but it's actually just resting over and unfired area. And that is better for longer cooking. If I were in a prepping situation where this was my primary cooking source, that would be the way that I would bake bread. That would be the way that I would slow cook. I would put an indirect heat over to the side. And you can determine if you'd rather put it in the middle and turn the middle one off or what have you. You can work with that in any way that's going to work for you and your grill. If you're using a charcoal grill for indirect, you mound up your charcoal on one end of the charcoal grill and you put your cooking pot on the opposite end of that. And that's how you indirect cook on a charcoal grill. There are a billion barbecue recipes on Pinterest. You can Google, there's a billion books on how to cook on a grill, how to smoke Uh, all those different ways you can brine meats to give them good flavor before you cook them. There's so many great ideas. So I suggest if you want to do something kind of fun and different, look some of these up on Pinterest and search them out and give them a try and let us know how your barbecue went. We'd love to know what you made for your barbecue. You know, there's different regions in America that feature different meats. And so tell us what you enjoyed at your barbecue and what's fun for you to eat. What are your... What are your favorite sides as well? So we hope you have a happy and healthy holiday weekend. We hope if you're traveling that you'll be safe and careful. Keep the sunscreen on if you're going to be outside. And remember to, to honor this nation. This nation has been established for well over 200 years, and we're, we're so proud to be Americans.
0: We're at 246 That's since amazing. we were founded. Isn't
1: that so. awesome?
0: That is. And we will be with you on Monday. And until then, you stay safe, you stay happy.
1: And remember, stuff happens, so you've got to stay prepared.
0: And we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you for listening to Practical Prepping Podcast. You can contact us through email at info at practicalprepping.info or on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, remember, stuff happens, stay prepared.